Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. Acts chapter 10 is a very crucial chapter in the entire Bible, in the entire Christian movement, because this is where the gospel, the good news of Jesus, breaks ground with everyone who was not a Jew. At this point, up to this place, it was all about the, the Jewish believers. But here, God breaks the barrier between Jews and Gentiles. Anyone who's not a Jew is called a Gentile, which includes all of us here. And so Acts 10 is very powerful. It's very much needed right now in our society. It says this in Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. Where is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some man to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon a Tanner who lives near the seashore. Again, up to this point, as we've been talking about the last few weeks, we've been tracing back to the first believers and see how we can also live a spirit-filled life the way that God intended us to live. And last week we talked about how Persecution forced them out of their comfort zone. It forced them out of Jerusalem into Judea, into Samaria. But up to this point, all the believers were mainly Jewish believers. But from the beginning of the Bible, if you go back to Genesis, God always said that his heart and his goal was to reach the entire world. And God said that he was going to choose one group of people And from out of the group of people, he was going to bless the entire world. So if you trace back the lineage of the Jewish people all the way to the beginning with with Abraham, you see that God in Genesis 12 told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, that you're going to be a blessing to all the nations of the world. And so from the beginning, God always intended to bring the entire world together under his will, under his guidance, under his leadership. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he says that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Unfortunately, the first Jewish followers of God became focused on themselves. And in their attempt to be set apart, to be distinct, they put a barrier between them and everybody else. This is very important, my friends, because up to this point, There's a barrier between the Jewish believers and everybody else. The first point I want to make tonight is that the Holy Spirit 
comes to break barriers. Okay, the Holy Spirit comes to break barriers. There are all sorts of barriers that the Holy Spirit wants to break. And if you pay attention, he's been, Jesus was doing that when he was here on earth. And he calls us to do the same. We need to break cultural barriers, racial barriers, religious barriers, economic, educational, and gender barriers. These are all barriers that are not God's will. These are barriers that us as men have created along the way, along the lines of us trying to protect ourselves or us trying to somehow to be superior to others. We've created all these barriers, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. And so the question that I have for all of us tonight, my friends, is are we open to change? Because some people are stuck in their ways. Some people think that they're okay and last thing they want is to be poked, right? And sometimes we don't know we have certain prejudice until we are poked, right? Which we'll see here with the first believers. My friends, the reality is we all have certain prejudice. I think if we're honest, all of us have them. And it's not that we want to have them, it's that we grew up with them. Some of us have prejudice that comes from our family upbringing. Some of us have prejudice that comes from the certain neighborhood that we grew up in. Some of us have prejudice because we come from a certain culture, right? And some of us have racial prejudice, right? It is all part of the fallen nature. I don't think this is a white problem or a black problem or a Hispanic problem. I think it's a human problem. It's a human condition. All of us have certain prejudice that we have. Now, we have to be honest about them, and we also have to give value to a certain group of people who are feeling it more than others, right? And so it's important, my friends, that as followers of Jesus, are we willing to be poked so that we can see transformation, so we can see healing, so we can see the will of God being done? See, the danger that we all face in reading the Bible is that we can all make the Bible say only what we want the Bible to say. That's an honest to goodness true. If you trace back the history of our nation, there were slave owners who used the Bible as a justification for, have, for owning slaves. To the point that they wouldn't even let slaves read the Bible because they knew if they read the Bible, they would see that the Bible does not justify slavery. Right? And so we can justify our thoughts, we can justify our behaviors, or we can confront them. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. The Holy Spirit comes to shed light on certain prejudice and racism and, and, and behaviors that are contrary to God's will. And we have a choice to make in these moments. When we get poked, do we want to repent or do we want to while out? Do we want to make excuses? Do we want to pretend that we don't have a problem. See, these first believers had certain prejudice. They would not associate with anyone who was not a Jewish person. And, and they believed that they were justified because they were being set apart. They were being distinct. But the problem is, that's what they took upon themselves to do. God said to be set apart, meaning like God says to be, to honor him, to serve him. But God never said not to associate with others. You know, Jesus said, be in the world, but not of the world. 
right? Be in the world, meaning like you got to associate with everyone, but you don't have to buy into the worldly philosophies, right? But sometimes we blur the lines and we think Jesus is saying, don't associate with anyone who doesn't agree with you. How are we ever going to reach the world if we don't associate with anyone? This is where religion prejudice comes into play, right? Sometimes we justify our prejudice by saying that we're following the will of God, right? And so here we are, my friends. Cornelius brings a great challenge to the first believers because here's a man who, there's a double prejudice here. Not only is he a Gentile, but he's also Roman. Think about that. The Romans were the ones who enslaved the Jews. So the Romans were basically the enemy. And this man is a God-fearing man, the Bible says. And this man was given to the poor. The man was doing the will of God. And so God desires to come closer to this man and his family. But the problem is the first believers didn't believe that they could receive the spirit at this moment. Think about that. I want to make a point here that's so critical. I pray we understand this, my friends, that not everyone is going to come to God the same way you did. See, a lot of times that's where we have certain prejudice. Because some people are going to have experiences with God that doesn't look like your experience. And they're going to worship God in ways that you may not worship God. They may like a certain style of worship that you may not like, but it doesn't mean it's not the same God that they're worshiping, right? They may go to a different denomination, right? But it doesn't mean that I worship in the same God because denomination is man-made. True worship, the Bible says, is when you worship him in spirit and truth. Only God knows what true worship looks like. We don't. We only look at performance. We only look at the outward. And my friends, to be honest with you, you could be in a church, you look like you're worshiping, but your heart could be far away from God. So it's, it's, we have to be careful that we're not uh, putting people in certain categories because they don't look like us or they don't have the same experience as we did. And so I got another question for us tonight. Are we open to the possibilities that God speaks to people in many different ways? Or... Does God only speak to people the way he speaks to you? Which would be counterproductive to God and his creativity because God, right now on this earth, there's over 7 billion people on this planet. And all of them are unique, which shows you how unique God is. So why wouldn't he reveal himself to people in unique ways that you will never be able to understand? Right? So we got we to gotta, we gotta wrestle with this question. Am I open to the possibility that God speaks to people in many different ways? This thing Man, this thing convicted me a few years ago when I started to fully understand that some people are not going to have the same experiences as I, as I do. So am I willing enough, am I humble enough to lower my understanding and to, no, not just lower my understanding, to show that I don't have a full understanding of how God reveals himself to people, right? And so Cornelius throws a wrench in the whole mix, <laughs> Just like some people will come to our churches and we'll mess up our entire theology because they don't look the way that we expect them to look or they don't talk the way we expect them to talk and they don't worship the way we expect them to worship. And so are we willing to accept that God is so creative that he's going to reveal himself in so many ways to so many people all over the world? Let's remember that God is not American. That's a revelation for some people. Let's remember that Jesus did not have, you know, blue eyes and beautiful shampooed hair. 
That's the Jesus that we conjure up, that we created. Let's remember that, the, that Jesus was a Jewish man who walked the earth, who was more than man, he was God. And so, my friends, Peter finds himself in this conundrum. He finds himself in this weird place. And I think all of us, at some point, are going to find ourselves in this place. And so, let's continue in Acts chapter 10, verse 9, and see how God speaks to Peter about the situation. Because the angel says to Cornelius, there's a man named Peter who's going to come and minister to you. But Peter doesn't know yet. So here's what the Bible says. Verse 9, the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by his four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice to him, then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Verse 14, no, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. What a moment. I'm telling you, this moment was a pivotal moment in the history of the movement that we call Christianity. Because up to this point, they would not associate with anyone that didn't look like them or act like them or kept the same laws as they did. And so Peter is justified because he's saying, listen, my entire life, I've never touched any animal that's unclean. Why would I do it now? But here, God is making a powerful statement. It wasn't so much about what you're eating. It's about who you're associating with. Don't call unclean what I have called clean. This is the moment that the Holy Spirit is breaking the barrier between Jews and Gentiles to say, no, there's no clean and unclean. Because according to the Jewish laws, the Gentiles were unclean. We don't associate with them. We don't, we don't even go into their homes because their home will be an unclean house. Now, it's so much easier for us to look back at these guys and go, oh my God, I can't believe that we're doing that. But how many of us have certain categories of people that we deem unclean? There are certain people that we don't hang out with, right? There are certain people that we don't associate with because we're trying to stay pure, right? And we're trying to do the will of God. But sometimes thinking that we're doing the will of God, we might be coming against the same, the, the, the actual thing that God is trying to do. So Peter, my friend, and all of us are confronted with this prejudice that he's had since his childhood. His entire life, he has had this understanding of life, that we are the chosen people and everybody else is unclean. In this moment, God's like, no, don't call anyone unclean because I don't. Right? The Spirit calls him to go bring the Holy Spirit's presence to Cornelius' household. So we gotta, we got to wrestle with some questions tonight. Not just tonight, but I hope... We're going to wrestle with some questions for some time. And these questions are, what are your prejudices? I think we all have them. Like, what are some things that you were brought up on, but they're not God's will? What are some things you've learned or picked up along the lines of racism and prejudice that's not really the will of God? Right? Even worse, what are some religious things you've picked up that's actually keeping you from doing the will of God? Because a lot of times it's not even the obvious stuff. It could be religious things. 
For Peter, it was a religious reason. He's like, I can never do that. I can't touch anything that's unclean. And God's like, you're the one that's called unclean. I'm not calling it unclean. So we have to be very careful, my friends, that we're not putting people in categories that God didn't. So what categories do you have for people? Isn't it interesting? You ever met people and before you, they, you even talk with them, you already size them up and put them in a certain place? I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure we all have done it. I've had people who told me, hey, when I first met you, I had this opinion of you. And then when I actually got to know you, I realized that that was just an opinion that I had. And how many of us have put people in certain categories just because we have categories for people that God doesn't have? Here's another question. Who is good, bad, and ugly according to your worldview? But isn't it interesting? We all have certain people that we're like, that's a good person. We have some people that are like, ah, that person's questionable. And then we have some people that were like, that person will never. I remember growing up, people would tell me that my dad was wild. My dad, you know, battle, drinking. And people, people categorized him and said, my dad will never change. And today, my friends, I can tell you, my dad is one of the greatest miracles that I know. Why? Because whatever you call unclean, God's like, no, I call clean. Like, you don't get to decide who gets to worship God. You don't get to decide who gets to be transformed. You don't get to decide who gets to live in the presence of God. None of us get to decide that. Only the Spirit of God can decide that. So we have to be honest, my friends. Here's, here's the honest truth that we all need to deal with, is that the gospel confronts both our prejudice and racism. I would tell you this. If you're serious about following Jesus, you have to deal with the prejudice and racism. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit won't let you get away with, with not dealing with those things. Now, it's easy to be religious and just go through the motions. But if you're serious about the heartbeat of the Spirit of God, you have to understand that these are prejudice. These are things that God never intended to be there in the first place. Sometimes it's sad to say this, but some of the most segregated places in America are in churches. Some churches only meet with certain races. But when you read the Bible, how does the Bible end? The Bible ends by saying that they're going to come from every nation, every tongue, every tribe, from every language, and they're going to worship the same exact Messiah called Jesus. So something's got to give, my friends. It's either God's will or we continue to push our own agenda forward. You know, in America, we have to be honest that we have a deep issue of racism and prejudice that's been there for over 400 years. And it's hard to get away from that because the bedrock of this nation was founded on slavery, which is completely counter to the Bible because the Bible starts with God liberating people from slavery. And somehow we made it to be okay. Again, we can make the Bible say what he doesn't say. Or I can go to the Bible with the Holy Spirit. See, Systemic racism is deeper than just black and white. Systemic racism is, is things that have been put in our system to hold certain people down. Right? It's much deeper than I'm able to, to elaborate on tonight. But listen, it's economic, it's political, it's educational, it's religious. right? And followers of Jesus have to be honest and confront these things. And so another question that I want us to deal with tonight are you willing to face this prejudice? Are you willing to say, Holy Spirit, sh shed light on my heart and my spirit because I do have some prejudice. I do have some things that have been there logged for so long that anytime someone pokes at it, I get defensive. 
which is a hint, by the way. Can we put that up there? Listen, whatever you quickly get defensive about might be something you need to be, you need to deal with. If you're quickly, the moment someone says there's racism and you're like, all lives matter, you, you, you might want to pay attention that maybe you're not valuing every single life. That sometimes we say this blanket statements, all lives matter, but we're not dealing with the reality that it doesn't seem like all black lives matter. It doesn't seem like immigrants' life matter. I'm an immigrant, so I can speak with a lot of conviction on that. I came to this country when I was 15. I come from a nation that was a nation that was colonized, so we come from slaves. So we know that reality of what it means to come from that background. And I remember growing up with, with, with kids from, from my neighborhood. We, our skin color was all different colors. I was the lightest kid in my neighborhood. They would make fun of me. They used to call me fake Verdian because I was so light, you know. And, 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 and the thing is, though, for us, it was just all fun and games. And I didn't see the systemic racism until I moved here and, and realized, that, wow, here, they actually categorize you and put you in certain places starting in school. Like the high school I went to, and then, the, and then moving up to college, you begin to see how people see you based on your race and based on your culture and based where you're coming from. And then you get saved and you realize, wow, these are all barriers that God never intended for us to have. And the journey begins now to break down these barriers, to be honest. So I want to say this again. Whatever you quickly get defensive about might be something you need to deal with. Because sometimes, man, it's the very thing that we need to deal with that we are so quick to defend. But as you keep reading, Peter has an incredible revelation. And I'm so thankful that these first believers were open to change. Peter has an incredible revelation because he realized, wow, God is really speaking here. And God wants to do something that he's, he's never done before. God wants to bridge the gap between Jews and Gentiles and all people from all walks of life. And so Acts chapter 10 Verse 34, here's what Peter says when he goes to Cornelius' house and he understands what God is up to. This is so powerful. I pray we catch this. He said, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Peter's like, man, God, I'm seeing clearly that you don't have people that are unclean. You don't have anyone that cannot be reached. I'm seeing clearly that you're bridging the gap between humanity. You want to bring everybody into the fold. You want everybody at your table. And, and he wants to, God wants to break religious prejudice that we all have that we think certain people are saved and some people are not. We fight over stuff that God never calls us to fight over. Who's going to heaven? Who's going to hell? As opposed to loving them into the presence of God, into the will of God. God shows no favoritism. This is what's clear here. I see clearly that God shows no favoritism. God doesn't have any favorites because we are all his favorites. Right? If, if, if God has a fridge, your picture is on it. All of you. Right? The true gospel, my friends, breaks barriers and brings people together. True gospel, by the way, cannot have any additions to it outside of Jesus' will. 
The true gospel never says, oh, it's accept Jesus and then be white. Accept Jesus and be black. Accept Jesus and be, and be rich. Accept Jesus and be poor. Accept Jesus and be Cape Verdean. Accept Jesus and speak in tongues. Accept Jesus and don't cut your hair. Accept Jesus and never wear jeans. Accept Jesus and don't have jeans with holes in them. You know, like the gospel doesn't have any additions to it. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That is the gospel. And we need to go back to the gospel because we have way too many barriers that we put in front of people instead of breaking them down and making room. We should be creating highways for people to get to the presence of God. The God who says in Galatians 3.26, he said, look, look what the gospel does. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like put it on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God promised to Abraham. What God promised to Abraham belongs to you. God says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to all nations. That's the promise that he gave Abraham thousands of years before Jesus came. And that's the promise that he's like, all of you have in Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So my friends, let me, let me, let me conclude by saying this. Jesus is both exclusive and inclusive. Okay, Jesus is exclusive and inclusive. Jesus makes no bones about the fact that he is the way, the truth, in the life, and then nobody goes to the Father except through him. Like, Jesus made that clear. I am the only way to God, right? But at the same time, Jesus is inclusive. He says, but all can come to me and be saved, for I love the world, right? Jesus, and that offends some people because they want to have many ways. But Jesus is like, I'm the only way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. But all of you who want me can have eternal life. That's the good news that we have. To be in the world but not of the world doesn't mean we don't, we don't hate anyone who is different from us. There's no room for racism in Christianity to coexist. There's just no room, right? Something's got to give. When I come to Jesus, he said, you must deny yourself. For a lot of people, you got to deny your prejudice. You got to deny certain cultures. You got to deny certain things you picked up along the way that puts barriers between you and other people. Because that's the stuff that will keep God from working in your life and working through your life. My friends, God's story from the beginning is a story of redemption, of reconciliation, of healing, of deliverance. In Exodus, which means exit, right? God says, I want to set my people free from slavery. And that is the gospel. God wants to set us free from all kinds of slavery, physical, emotional, spiritual, cultural, like gender, all types of slavery that we have caked up in our minds. It's freedom from sin. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark. It's missing the point of what God created you to be and live and, 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 and be about. It's freedom from all prejudice. It's freedom from division. Our, you know, our nation is so divided right now. We're divided by political reasons. We're divided by race. We're divided by culture. We're divided by demographics. We're divided by neighborhoods. The gospel comes to bridges between people. Again, I encourage you, go read Revelations and see that God wants to see his kingdom be filled with all kinds of people from all walks of life. One of my favorite things about our church is that 
we have people from all walks of life. When, when, when on normal circumstances on a Sunday morning, you don't know who you're sitting next with. You could be sitting next to someone who's homeless. You could be sitting next to a businessman or a businesswoman. You could be sitting next to someone who is Latino. You could be sitting next to someone who's white. You could be sitting next to someone who's black. And that's the beauty. That's a small picture, the mosaic picture that God intended from the beginning. And for us to not see the beauty of that is to miss what the gospel is. Right? And so I end with the charge that the Bible gives us in Micah chapter 6. And I'm reading it from the message translation this is our charge tonight my friends again you don't solve this stuff in one moment but this is a lifetime of us breaking down barriers and prejudice but here's what the bible says but he has already made plain how to live what to do what god is looking for in men and women is quite simple do what is fair and just to your neighbor be compassionate and loyal in your love and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Another translation says, is to love mercy. Is to act justly. And is to be humble. That's what it comes down to. That's the gospel. Gospel makes you love mercy. When you see a black man being killed on the side of the road because a man cannot see him as a human being, that makes you want to fight for justice. That makes you want to stand for truth. It makes you want to legislate and help bring change to our nation who is still very much broken because humans are broken. Humans are hurting. So a few things, my friends, action steps. We've got to pray for our nation. We have long ways to go. We have this virus crisis, but we have a virus in our heart that only the Holy Spirit can free us from. You could be free from COVID-19, but still have this virus of sin rule in your heart, rule in your mind, and you need repentance, you need healing, you need forgiveness, you need to be purged from those things that's keeping you from the will of God. You know, everything that God calls us to do starts with the man in the mirror. No, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. We need more peacemakers in our nation. Some people right now are very enraged, rightly so, very upset. But I pray we don't use destructive ways to show our passion. I pray we use it in a constructive way. I pray we use it the way Martin Luther King used his influence to help change our nation. Let's not forget he was a preacher who was called to fight this evil of racism. And I pray we also ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to be peacemakers. Listen, there's a difference between being a peacemaker and a passive person. I'm not talking about being passive. I'm talking about being a peacemaker. See, it takes more strength to be a peacemaker than to be a troublemaker. But sometimes in order to be a peacemaker, you have to be a troublemaker. You have to shake up things that shouldn't, that sh that's not right in our society. Sometimes you got to stir up the pot a little bit. You know, I believe that following Jesus should make us uncomfortable. It should make us ask questions, God, are there, are there things in me that are not right? Am, have I allowed injustice to go by and I turn a blind eye and, 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 I, and I pretend it's not there because it doesn't affect me? But my, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be our brother's keeper. When a man's life is snuffed out that way, we just saw a man being snuffed out in Minneapolis. 
that should break our hearts to say, God, we don't want to see that happen in our cities. We don't want to see that happen in our nation. We want to fight for justice. We want to fight for mercy. We want to fight for equality, that all men were created equal. Because in the beginning, we were all the same. So that means we learn racism, which means we can unlearn it. We can unlearn prejudice. We can unlearn the things that the enemy has tried to come to, to make us be divisive. We can seek justice. We can seek mercy. We can seek truth. As we end tonight, I, I, I would love to, for us to pray together and be honest and ask the Lord to heal us. You know, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them and I will forgive them and I will heal their land. Would you join me in humbling ourselves and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to heal our land, to heal our nation, to heal our hearts, to remove all prejudice, all racism, to anoint our eyes to see people the way God sees them, to anoint our lips to bless people the way God blesses them, to anoint our ears to hear people the way God hears them. Oh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and forgive us. Father, forgive us for our indifference, for our prejudice, for our racism. Forgive us, Lord, for categories that we put people in, lies that we bought into. Forgive us, Lord, for being indifferent to our brothers who are hurting, who are struggling just to be alive. We know that all lives matter, but in this country right now, we need to focus on the fact that black lives matter and they deserve to be heard. They need a voice. They need hope. They need healing. So Holy Spirit, what we're asking for is impossible by man's standards. It's only possible through you that you would help to heal the deep-rooted systematic racism in our nation. Touch our politicians. Touch our police officers. Touch our clergymen. Touch everyone. Bring us together under your grace, under your mercy. I pray, Lord, that each one of us take ownership. That we will walk humbly. That we will love mercy. That we will act justly. That we will not turn a blind eye. That we will be our brother's keeper. Holy Spirit, have your way. We need you. Our nation needs you. This nation who was birthed on foundations that are so right, that have been blurred. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pray justice prevail. Your truth prevail. Oh, I pray, Lord, what the great prophets of old, like Martin Luther King, started will prevail. Have your way, we pray. Have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, following Jesus has to focus and it has to transform us. I don't believe it's always these high and mighty messages to just get our feelings up. But I believe sometimes we got to take deeper looks into our souls and ask the Holy Spirit to do a deeper work in us 
And if we don't keep it to us, but we want to bring it out and be the light and the salt that God created us to be in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our gyms, wherever we find ourselves, that we will not turn a blind eye to, to injustice, but that we will care enough to be my brother's keeper or my sister's keeper. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. It's for all people. So I pray we're taking it seriously. We ask the Holy Spirit to continue to reveal himself and shed light on things that need to be shed light on. Again, I pray that we're willing to go on this journey and not be comfortable. We're not called to, be, to conform. We're called to be transformed. And I pray we're all willing to say, God, whatever it takes, lead me on this journey. Transform me from the inside out. I want to be who you've called me to be. I don't want to settle for just a version of that I created. I want you, the real truth. I want you and your will in my life. And I pray that that is the heart desire of us as God's people. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you and give you his peace. I hope to see you all on Sunday. Amen. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.